Okay, so on Bry Radio this evening, we have Bry Island Discs, and our first guest of the year is Mr. Vincent, who we just counted has been here for 19 years, so that's longer than I've been alive. Um, and he's also been here for five years on top of that, because he was here himself back in the day. Um, and it was going to be Christmas theme, but we thought sort of it's a bit early for Christmas sort of inundations of too much Christmas songs. So we were going to sort of have a broad, diverse sort of music selection from, um, yeah, from the Bry legend himself. Good evening. <laughs> so your first track tonight, talk us through why you chose it, where it's from in your life and what it means to you. OK, um, good evening, everyone. Uh, the first track is from the days of my basically my junior school. Uh, back in the 70s, I know that's a long time ago, um, and actually it was one that I, I put on one of the music uh, assemblies I did during uh, lockdown. Uh, in the, the late 1970s when I was at school, um, very much ska music was a, uh, a something that, that was very dominant uh, at the time, uh, and I particularly loved it, and this one is a, a track called On My Radio by Selector, um, which just was something different for me coming across it um, so this was I, I think I probably first heard this song when I was about seven or eight years old um, and everybody at school would try and dress like scar bands who essentially wore white shirts and black ties and black pork pie hats and ridiculous things like that the ultimate thing was to try and get hold of a, a, a thin tie with piano keys on it um, because somebody particularly wore that so um, yeah this this is something that goes back before my time at Brynston, but it's always been uh, quite a favourite of mine. Here we go. Complex uh, music choice for an eleven-year-old, Mr. Vincent. What? What was the? Insp- were your parents musical? Family? Yeah, no. My my family were were very musical. Uh, my elder brother was incredibly talented musician. Uh, I was enthusiastic. Uh, I lacked his talent in almost every area, but um, he was one of those frustrating people who was wonderful at playing loads of instruments, but never actually wanted to perform live um, or, or, or show off whereas I had very little talent and all I wanted to do was show off um, so not a lot has changed um, as, as, as time has marched by but yeah I started off um, learning the piano and then when I came to Bryanston uh, you couldn't do electronic instruments back then so I, I took the double bass for a couple of years and then it was the bass guitar and then subsequently I started playing a bit of guitar and a bit of drums but 
uh, yeah, playing playing music and, and being involved in doing music has, has been quite a central part of my life, mm-hmm. definitely. So talk to us about Bryanston and music. Did you were you in a band? Were you a punk or a? Yeah, yeah, no, I was. I wasn't a punk. I mean, punk. Well, punk was something that by the time I was at Bryanston, had kind of had just passed. That was in the the late seventies, early eighties. I came to Bryanston in eighty two, um, and although we look back really fondly at eighties music now. Um, at the time, it wasn't seen in a particularly great light. It was electronic. It was all about um, massive sort of air, hairsprayed hairdos. I did have one myself um, with half a ton of hairspray in there. But it it, it wasn't. A, although we 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 look back at the eighties music when I was at school fondly now. I don't think at the time I was particular. Well, I wasn't particularly keen at it. Um, we used to look back a little bit more to uh, things that had come along before. Um, I know this is in again, but I remember in particular from my time at Bryanston, um, David Bowie was a was a was a particular sort of obsession. Uh, I can't remember the year again. Um, the Legend album by Bob Marley, Best of Bob Marley, came out, and you know at the time we looked at this as sort of slightly alternative from the mainstream on Radio One at the time. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, I was always looking a little bit backwards, but, uh, again, I, I, I did an assembly during lockdown on, on African music. I think it was during lockdown, maybe it was before. Um, and that was something that did change for me while I was at Bryanston. I, I met somebody who had a, a, a route into African music, particularly a band called Orchestra Baobab, who, um, I haven't put on the list today. They are fantastic. There was Senegalese band who only existed for a couple of years in the seventies, but it was one of those sort of Damascene moments that completely opened my eyes to the fact that there was something very different. Uh, and and ever since then, actually, I've always liked things that are a bit quirky and a bit different. I quite like uh, songs in foreign languages um, and, and, and to try and sort of slightly break mm-hmm. out of the mainstream, really. Yeah, I think it's a sort of insight into culture, isn't it, music? it's a, Even if we don't understand it, um, it's how we get that sort of insight and um but our oh, your next track today is the crash test dummies which is a bit more mainstream would you say possibly a bit more mainstream and this this is from a time actually after school so i've not really gone, gone for anything uh, 80s this was um a track from the 90s and by this stage i've left school and i'd done university and i'd done various other things and i think i was i was in the army when this one came up but the crash test dummies are they mainstream um I think they're always slightly alternative. It's uh, the 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 style is was not exactly totally mainstream, but it's it's just a marvelous song. This afternoons and coffee spoons uh, musically, um, and yeah, I I love it. a breeze that makes my breathing not so easy I've had my lungs checked out with x-rays I've smelled the hospital always Someday I'll have a disappearing hairline 
Crash Test Dummies, and then we skip forward quite far to uh, 2000s. Can you fill us in, sort of a brief sort of summary of what happened in between Army 2000s? What for me? <laughs> okay, yeah. The, well, I'll, I'll, I'll fill in. Yeah, the, just we, we were talking about this before. I left school here in in 87 um, and didn't go straight to university. I did a, a year off, then three years at university, and then I had a bit of a, a, a Bryanston moment or two. Um, in that I went to Greece for a while and, and did some rowing on an ancient Greek trireme that they'd rebuilt. I then went out to Zambia. For anyone that doesn't know what a trireme is, can you just get... Right, a trireme is a three-layered road warship from, like, ancient Athens. So this thing was built in Athens to celebrate the anniversary of the Battle of Salamis. I, I won't go on about it too much. But it's basically it's 178 oarsmen and, and women from all around the world, but mostly Britain, the US, Canada, Australia... Uh, New Zealand and we just did a month living in a Greek naval base on the island of Poros which is quite a nice island uh, and we rode this thing from 6 till 10am every day and then it became too hot and then went to the beach and then went clubbing and then got about an hour's sleep a night and then went rowing again so it was uh, but I was young I think that would destroy me in one day now but uh, at the time it was marvellous yeah and then a bit of farming in Zambia and uh, and then the army Sandhurst and, and then spent some very happy years in the army uh, and towards the end of my time in the army I I, I, I thought actually that, that teaching and particularly teaching in a school where you could do other things like like rugby which has always been a, a passion of mine um, and and talking about history would, would be grand. I didn't go straight in to do a PGC to do a teacher qualification so I, I did an aid agency job um, in the Balkans where I been in the army actually uh, but by the time I, I, I then got into teaching I did three years at Loughborough Grammar School uh, up in the Midlands uh, and then came to Bryanston in 2003 uh, so the next track yeah was released in 2000 um, and yeah so th this is a time just as I was going sort of into my PGCE and my brother who I've talked about already um, had by this stage overcome his shyness and he was playing in a band um, and uh we were going on holiday and uh, he played it to me because we decided to try and play some of it together. Um, and this is a, 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 a band from France uh, called Zebda, who are from Marseille. Um, they're, they're mostly uh, sort of, uh, well, they're, they're either, they're made up of local Marseillaise, if that's the right term, and also uh, guys from North Africa who has come in there. And this really harked back. The reason I enjoyed it so much is it harked back to the the first song, the um, the selector, in that it's generally it's a it's a ska two tone type beat, 
but in French and in colloquial French. Um, and uh, I, I just think it's a, it's a joyous song. It's called Tombe les chemises or Take Your Shirts Off. And this is just a party song where, uh, where it, it, it's just great fun to, to play and great fun to dance to. Mr. Vincent, but what sort of brought you the full circle of back to back to Bryanston? Um, well, I think I think it's fair to say, and you being an A two, um, if you you haven't sort of discovered this already, you probably will by the summer term. Um, it's very easy to take this place for granted uh, and not really appreciate all the things that it offers. Um, and I think when you get towards the end of your your time at school. Uh, at Bryanston in particular, and particularly if it's a lovely summer term and there's tennis going on and, and there's the Greek theatre, all of that. And so I, I had enormously, enormously happy memories of being uh, at Bryanston. It was it was a great decision my parents made to send me here. I very nearly went to, to Winchester like my older brother, um, but I'm quite glad I didn't because although he was absolutely brilliant there, I think probably I would have ended up in most bottom sets. Um, at Winchester and they didn't have rugby and it was all boys and none of those things I enjoyed so I had a a, a wonderful time at Bryanston I had great fondness for it um, and so when I, I think I made my decision in my latter months of being in the army that actually um, teaching was the thing for me and uh, again it was this thing that I did try some other things I did try and go and work in London um, uh, for 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 a merchant bank, um, not very likely for me. I I couldn't bear the 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 sameness and the stultifyingness of it, and I wanted to be out and about and do something that was varied, where each day was a little bit different. Um, and I'd always loved history, um, 
and the thought of actually working somewhere. And when, when I went through my PGCE to do teaching, obviously I didn't come straight back to Bryan's till I did three years at Loughborough Grammar School, which is a wonderful school, but it was a day school and uh, everything was governed by the coaches that arrived at nine in the morning and then left at 3.30 or four or whatever. And I just thought, I, I really enjoy this, but this isn't what I remember of school. Uh, and then I opened the TES one day, the Times Educational Supplement, and there was a history job uh, at Bryanston. The head of history at the time was uh, was Pippa Quarrell, who I think you're interviewing or somebody's interviewing later. Um, and I found myself back here and it probably was for me coming home. Um, and most people seem to have a quite beneficial memory of me, um, which I think they were in error about. Uh, there was one guy called Alan Shrimpton, who was uh, an old biology teacher. He's often seen down by the rowing. Um, and he had a proper memory of me because he just sidled up to me at the first staff meeting and just said, I can't believe they employed you um, in a rather ominous tone. So, um, you know, I got up with it from there. And then after a couple of years, Cranbourne came up and I spent 12 happy years in Cranbourne, 12 years a slave. Um, but, uh, you know, 12 wonderful years in Cranbourne when my children grew up and, you know, being in an environment that's green and horses and swimming pool and wonderful things so yeah it was it was it was proper coming home for me um uh so was it all part of a grand master plan categorically not uh, and I think if you'd spoken to me when I was in the upper sixth and suggested I might one day be a teacher I w literally would have laughed in your face <laughs> as would most other people who knew me to be fair well, I think you're like every quite lot of people at Brighton look at you as their sort of most sort of influential history teacher. That I remember you stuck a no, you were saying how you used to stick uh, Burger King job advertisements on yeah, our history. <laughs> That one didn't end well. Yeah, I, I, I had a little phase where when the kids were quite young and if I take them to pool, uh, Tower Park in pool to go and watch a film um, and they wanted one of those kind of kids meals from Burger King and they'd have all these job applications. And if people wrote a rubbish assignment, I'd staple it to their assignment and give it back. Uh, but apparently that's not very motivating for children, as I was eventually told in the end. Um, it, it seemed to work for a while, but yeah. <laughs> Oh, um, well, our last uh, track tonight is a Christmas song because it is nearly Christmas, um, and so I think it's it's but it's an alternative Christmas song. It is a bit. I mean, you know, Christmas songs are marvelous. I think they they probably get overplayed and and start too early. Um, and I do, you know, I do. Everybody likes a bit of Christmas song, particularly in the queue for Christmas lunch when everybody's wearing their silly jumpers, as will be happening in a, a, a nearly two weeks' time. Um, yeah, the next one is uh, by a Scottish artist called Katie Tunstall, who I think is a, a fantastic artist. And I heard this once played on the radio when it was released, which I think is something like 2007. Um, and I just thought, that's marvellous. I don't think I've heard it played on the radio again. Um, but it's a version, it's called Melikaliki Maka. It was originally done by Bing Crosby, who's a sort of crooner back in the in the 40s or 50s. Um, and she's jazzed up. And I, I love the fact that you can have a Hawaiian Christmas song that contains within it, um, uh, uh, I can't remember what they're called, sort of Still like a... Well, uh, yeah, like a xylophone thing, uh, but the yeah. big one, but it's called something else. And also a kazoo. And I've always I've always quite liked the kazoo, if we get to the bit with the kazoo in it, um, with a little bit of Andrew's sisters like um, uh, harmony in there. So this is yeah, Katie Tunstall with Melikaliki Maka. Mm -hmm. 
Ask Mr. Isles if we can get a kazoo lesson starting up. Oh, we definitely need a kazoo band or a kazoo ECA. Definitely. I think some Hawaiian themed sort of percussion would be quite entertaining. But so we're coming to the end of our our show and obviously we're ending on Christmas songs. What does Christmas mean to you, Mr. Vincent? Yeah, Christmas has always been. Obviously, it it means family to us and always has. And, um, you know, it's it's gone from. Obviously, whenever whenever you 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 get married, you combine, you crash together two Christmas traditions, and that's mm. always. Um, when I was young, it was always it was quite organised, and you had to open your presents in very strict order so that my mother could write down things on a list to ensure that all your thank you letters were written in order. Um, uh, it, so it categorically wasn't the sort of free for all. Um, but yeah, it's 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 family and going for a walk and. For me now, for the last few years, um, it's doing the cooking because I do all the cooking at home and I love cooking and it's the thing I love. But with Christmas meal, there's only one thing really that I want, which is that nobody else is there at the same time. Um, uh, you know, but it's 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 for me. It's a wonderful day. Starts with stockings. We still do religiously stockings and all sit on one bed and open our stockings and uh, that's almost better than the presents bit later to be honest um but yeah it's uh we'll be having my brother and his whole family and my mother-in-law my sister-in-law everybody around this christmas so yeah it's a it's a wonderful a wonderful time yeah and i mean talk to us more about your cooking what's your your speciality if it's not the turkey um well i don't think i do i i have a speciality i started cooking quite young because although my mum was quite a, a a good cook she hated, she absolutely hated cooking. So I was quite interested. So she was quite happy for me to do that at, at home. So I did most of the cooking at home. Then when I went to university, I had I, I lived with the same five other guys for my three years at university. And we came to an agreement in the first year that I'd do all the cooking, wow. but that I wouldn't do any washing up or any cleaning. Yeah. So that was fine. So, um, um, you know, there's a tip for here if you're thinking of going to university. By eating together all the time, you end up, spending a 
hell of a lot less money than eating individually so it just became sort of second nature for me really so it's you know it's for for me it's a kind of it's an everyday thing and I never come to work in the morning without knowing what it is that I'm going to cook that night so yeah it's just one of the maybe a a restaurant somewhere in France well I think that'd probably be just a bit too stressful I think you know I'm quite happy to be a cook at home I don't particularly want to earn any money from it or you know do do that it's just uh you know it's it, it's not a, a thing that I want people saying anything about it I've I've always been a firm follower of um well uh, uh, of uh Harry S Truman had a, a a great phrase um which I've tried to follow most of my life which is you can achieve anything in life as long as you don't care who gets credit for it um and actually as long as you're as long as I'm producing some some nice food at home that's that's it for me I'm I'm quite a happy guy so your luxury item that you'd take away for- would be a, a set of very good chef's knives, uh, because I think particularly if I'm on a desert island, there's got to be some sushi around somewhere. I mean, you've got to get the stuff first. Um, but yeah, some 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 good some good chef's knife with a sharpener, and we'll worry about the fire a bit later. And your book. Well, I think we we get don't we the the Bible and the works of Shakespeare. So that's going to take some trawling through. Um, I thought I'd take a novel, um, and I was. Uh, I was torn between a few, but actually one of the the novels I've most enjoyed reading, uh, or well, th- there are three, but they're together, so it counts as one. Uh, was the, the the Philip Pullman trilogy, the His Dark Materials? I really, I really loved reading those, and I've read them a couple of times since. Maybe I'd get bored of them after a while, but um, hey, we need something to start the fire after a while to use the chef's knives, don't yeah. we? So uh, I think that that would hit the spot. Uh, would you think you'd be happy on a desert island? I mean, do you do you like being on your own, or you? Not particularly. No, no. I I I am quite sort of sociable. I do like the kind. It, it's quite nice occasionally to be on on your own, but um, yeah, I would I I wouldn't be at my best. I don't think I wouldn't be at my best. <laughs> hope you get rescued <laughs> yeah well we would hope so oh, well thank you so much for being on the show and I think uh, it's been really interesting to learn about your sort of musical journeys and all these different sort of tastes and yeah I've I've got some new songs added to my playlist now so yeah well thank you very much it's been a, a yeah it's been a pleasure so I hope you have a good time with the other people being interviewed um, and sorry there's only one Christmas song, but it is still November, yeah, as you may, raised can't. at the beginning. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much. Good night. Probably the best school radio station in the world. This is Bry Radio.